welcome to Game Over Edmonton. I'm your boy Avery here. Oh my gosh. Hey, you know what? That's what happened to all of us. The mic gets muted. Things don't get through. That's life. That's how things just happen. Anyways. Oh my goodness. Or oh, another tough night for the Edmonton Oilers as they fall on the road to the Washington Capitals 5-4. to four. And oof, it was a game in which, plain and simple, gang, you know it, I know it, aardvarks know it, oranges know it, plant life know it, that the, part, the penalty kill is once again not up to snuff. Once again, that Edmonton penalty kill is just, oh my. I don't know. I'm just thinking to myself, you cannot go on the road and let the Washington Capitals score four times on a man advantage. That is a recipe that you don't want to have coming your way. That is a recipe for disaster. And the Capitals cash in. And remember, this is a banged up Washington Capitals team. This is a game in which Edmonton has to have to get back on track after losses to New Jersey and to Dallas to start this East Coast road trip. And he do that. That, to me, was just yikes.com. Yikes.com. In a game in which there were many things you can pick at. I mean, you can start with the first goal in this game, which Dylan Strom pickpockets Warren Fogle. And Warren Fogle is someone who, I mean, I've written articles on Fogle saying in which I... I'm more in the in the in the group of wanting this team to move Fogel than move Jesse Pugliarvi. And Fogel has, has shown at times flashes of of um great play when he's been on that third line, him, McLeod, and Jesse Pugliarvi. That's been mm, magnifique. But there have been some times where Warren Fogel makes you scratch your head. And a great example of that was that first goal in which he gets his pocket picked, he gets his he gets his car keys taken. He gets his house keys taken. He gets the deed to his home taken. He gets his lunch taken. I'm sure it was a nice uh, subway sub taken. And Washington goes up on the board. That's a situation that cannot happen in your own end of the ice in a tight hockey game. That just cannot happen when you're on the road and you're a team that has to try and get the first goal of the game. And we know, common theme of the Oilers, which happened for quite some time. Too many times, Edmonton is playing, or has played, from behind to chasing the game. It's been a common theme for this team, and not just for this year, but you can go back. You can go back to beyond this season. You can go back to last year and years before, where once again, Edmonton is chasing a game. And one thing that also too happened was, if Washington would score, they couldn't sustain the pressure, or Washington would come right back with an answer. It was unfortunate. I mean, if you're a neutral fan, you love that kind of hockey. You love that kind of hockey that is just frantic back and forth. You score, I score. But if you're an Orlick fan, or if you're a Capitals fan, <laughs> it was a stressful thing to watch. It wasn't easy. And it wasn't an easy game to watch, an easy game to take in. And also, in this game, a few milestones we'll get to here. Um, we'll start with Connor McDavid. 500 games. Connor McDavid playing 500 games. Just for some reason, doesn't sound real. It does not sound real. 
I think many of us remember when Connor McDavid, well, all of us all remember McDavid's first NHL season. We remember McDavid and the whole draft lottery and the whole hoopla around that. And his first game, his first goal. And to now see Connor McDavid in game 500. How old am I? Where's my walker? Where's my wheelchair? Where's my insurer? I'm going to need all of that because, oh my gosh, I'm going to need all of that realizing Carmen David is halfway to a thousand games in the NHL. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. And let's have a look in the chat room here. Let's see what, the, let's see what everybody's saying in the chat room right now. And yeah, defensively, ugh, defensively right now, this team is having a tough time right now. And you can't, I agree here. Um, M MGD8862, yeah, you take four penalties, you can't take, and then next coming, next gen leap here, talking about you can't give up four goals. You can't give up, it's true, you can't give up next gen. You can't give up four plus goals to a team like Washington that will find a way to burn you. There's too many weapons, like Kuznetsov, like Ovechkin, who, I don't, again, Ovi. Ovi scored again tonight. Ovi found a way to beat Stuart Skinner. And Washington's power play took advantage of Edmonton's mistakes, as they should have. And the stat that came in there, they threw on Sportsnet about Alex Ovechkin. He has now scored on 163 goaltenders. 163 goaltenders have had a red light. Burn their neck, courtesy of Alex Ovechkin. Crazy stuff. And, you know, that the mark of Wayne Gretzky, that mark is going to fall. The 894 goals. And I think that's a record that would have broken sooner. That's a mark that Ovechkin could have had sooner, or he could have been potentially breaking this year if it were not for the 0405 lockout, where he lost the entire season. In his rookie, in what was supposed to be his rookie year, 2012-2013, half-year lockout, could have already broken that. He could have already, he could have already surpassed Robert Yager, who should have broken Gretzky's. But either way, that's neither here nor there. That is history. That's butterfly effect stuff. That is butterfly effect stuff. I see Dennis is here in the chat. What's going on, Dennis? I know Dennis, Zach, and myself were talking in the game over group chat about this game. It's always. <laughs> It's always an adventure talking to them just about when this team, the the highs and the lows of covering the Empton Oilers. The one thing about this team, no one can ever tell you, win or lose, that Empton Oilers hockey is boring. No one can ever tell you that. It's never boring. Even back in the decade of darkness, even when this team was consistently getting its head kicked in, in 2013, 2014, 2015, it was exciting. It was entertaining. There was some subplot in how bad the team was that kept you interested. Be it either the chase for McDavid, the fail for Connor, the jersey tossing, the hostility. Like, something in that era kept you interested in this team. But now looking back on this, on this game tonight against Washington, I do want to say that a few guys who stepped up in this loss. Connor McDavid once again. Connor McDavid. The chase to 50 goals for McDavid, <laughs> once again, is still on. 
see McDavid go through multiple Washington defenders. That was you. <laughs> what more do you want to say about Carmen McDavid? I said before, he will hit 50 goals this year. The way he's playing and the way he's scoring. I just love seeing Connor being more of a shoot first guy right now. I appreciate the effort of Connor being a shoot first guy. At the same time, he shouldn't have to be, but he shouldn't have to be a shoot first guy for his team to succeed. He's able to do it, but it shouldn't happen. And should this and no, Hater McDater. No, this team should not overreact. We're in early November. I don't think it's I don't think it's overreacting time just quite quite yet. I mean, people are going to amplify it if this team is still hot and running hot and cold by American Thanksgiving or by December first. But as of right now, I'm not going to be panicking too much about this team's performance. We see how things can get jostled in the Western Conference in that first month month and a half of hockey, we know it's, we know it can be a very volatile conference, and, and then the Pacific Division. The Pacific Division is by far, we all know this, the most volatile division in the National Hockey League. We know that from, when you get past Vegas, who, I love Vegas, I love Vegas, what they're doing, you have so many doubters in terms of in net, when Leonard went down, oh no, Vegas is going to be cooked, good for Logan Thompson though. Good for Logan Tom stepping up in that net. Vegas now cooking in the Bruce Cassidy era. But beyond Vegas, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Anything can change from Vegas down involving teams like Edmonton, Calgary, LA, et cetera, et cetera. So, so much, so much um, has yet to be, has yet to be um, determined. MG, <laughs> that was valid Steve Dangle. No one can be as loud as Steve. No one can be as loud as Steve and shake the wallpaper and shake the walls with their thoughts on any hockey team as much as Steve Dangle. No one can do that. <laughs> that is impossible. And, and again, if you if you enjoy Game Over, if you enjoy our content here on the SD, on SDPN Sports, please like, subscribe to the comment. Like, like and subscribe. Comment below. Share the content of all of our Game On episodes for all of our markets for Edmonton, Calgary, Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver. We all we all are trying to get this bigger. We all are doing some good work here. So please share all the content. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell them to come watch or listen to the podcast as well. Oh, my goodness. So now this is the game in which it, it was just a frustrating night for the Orleans. It was just a very... Frustrating night for this team, and I mentioned the praise for Connor McDavid, but Zach Hyman as well too. Zach Hyman as well had a great night in terms of the um, highlights for this team. Zach Hyman gets to the front of the net, knows his role, able to create chances, and the goal in which he helped on the two on one with um, Randy Hopkins. Seeing the hustle from Zach Hyman, out race Ovechkin to that puck, gets to the puck. Gets it across for Nugent Hopkins. That is... Oh. Zach Hyman. Take a bow for Take a bow. I can admit myself. I was skeptical of that contract and, and the term for Zach Hyman. I was. I can admit that. Because we know how Zach Hyman plays. We know how what his body's been through over the past little bit in Toronto. 
But years one through four of that Hyman deal are going to age very well. You got You take as much juice as you can out of Zach Hyman from years one through four. That is what you take. And so far, he's delivering in his early years of that contract. He's doing what's asked of him, getting to the net, generating chances. He's scoring. And you know what, Zach Hyman is a great coach. I've talked to Zach a couple of times in the locker room this year already, and Zach Hyman is a wonderful human being, great guy to just chat with, chop it up on the record, off the record. And for myself, being someone who used to live in Toronto for a period, talk, now having someone in the locker room again who can talk about Toronto things with, with Zach, it's fun. It's very fun to have that. Oh my goodness. Anyways, let's... Let's take let's take let's take care of our of our friends at sports interaction right now, shall we? Wanna bet? You can do it at Sports Interaction, Canada's sports book. Football continues, the World Series is ongoing, and the hockey season is well underway. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Made for Canadians by Canadians. Sports interaction makes it easy makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash. Join now and see all of what sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com/sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com/sdpn. Ontario only. Must be 19 plus and please play responsibly. All right. Back to you. Back to the game here now, and I was mentioning Zach Hyman. He is someone who, and he's he's a guy who just wants to keep improving his play as Empton Orler, wants to go to that next level, and he is he's been a major asset to this Edmonton top nine forward core. He is that guy who can help out the McDavid's and the Drysidles. So I'm still very impressed with what Zach Hyman brought, and we knew. I think many of us knew he would be a major asset when that deal came down to bring him into Edmonton. We knew what you're going to get. Watch him in Toronto. You saw what he could give, what he gave Maple Leafs. You knew he was going to bring that in Edmonton, Jersey. So now Edmonton, the Rollers, there's a little bit of there's work to do. There is work to do now as this team continues their road trip. I mean, yes, I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to... Get, oh, I'm not going to, you know, sound the alarm or anything, but right now, you drop three straight games and in a very competitive Western Conference, you don't want to let anybody else behind you get back into the standings. You don't, want, you don't want anybody else to start passing you now. And hey, and also forget, those wildcard spots, you do not want to fall behind. So hey, for the Orleans, got a little bit of help though. The Islanders beat Calgary in overtime. So... That's good. If you're an Oilers fan, you at least got the uh, you at least got the consolation of seeing the or of seeing the Flames lose tonight to the New York Islanders. But wow. And then of course, you know what? I wasn't also I wasn't too mad at the play of Stuart Skinner. I'm I'm not gonna get upset about Stuart Skinner's play tonight. There were a few times in which he needed help defensively. There were multiple times tonight in which he was left by himself out in front of the net. Great example was the Sonny Milano goal. Just one thing the Oilers have done early this year, and it irritates me to no end. It really grinds my gears where there's 
just too much puck watching by the Oilers. That has to stop. That has to stop. You can't constantly have three guys or four guys going to the puck or chasing one guy along the boards and leaving someone like a Sonny Milano in front of the net to basically get a tap-in um, on Stuart Skinner. We saw it in the game against Dallas. Too much puck watching. Andrew Pavelski in front of the net gets an easy goal. That's a bad habit that Edmonton has to find a way to break. Because you, you cannot keep doing that when you enter crunch time. When we're talking about, if you're doing that now in October, November, if that doesn't, if that happened, it's not nipped in the bud come December, January, February. That's a concerning sign. That is something that Jay Woodcroft and Dave Manson have to correct going forward for this team to have success or or to have um, another deep run come the NHL postseason. That is something you cannot keep doing, especially now in this road trip now. The next road trip, you sorry, next few games here. You're now you're going to Tampa. You're going to Tampa. You're playing Carolina. You're playing uh, Florida. Then you come back home and you've got L.A., Vegas on the road again. You're playing the Devils, the Islanders, the Rangers, Florida again. Like these are games in which you got to be tight. You got to tighten that ship up. The next seven or eight games here, you really have to. And I'm seeing some people, not all, but I'm seeing some are starting to question what's going on with Jay Woodcroft. And I'm not going to question Jay. Again, this is his first This is his first full year as an NHL head coach. I am not going to jump on Jay Woodcroft right now. I mean, certainly, there are things you have to improve, but am I going to... I, I, I saw some comment not too long ago suggesting that Woodcroft wouldn't be here much longer if things happen. Like, come on. Come on. Let, let's be real. Jay Woodcroft is not going anywhere. He is the right coach for this team. He is. He is the right coach for this team. Players love him and players respond to him. They have since he's got since he was brought up from Bakersfield. So Jay Woodcroft is this guy. I'm seeing MD. Do the Oilers need here, yeah. <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> Dennis, you haven't got that dog in him. Yeah, he does. Yo, Hyman's got a pit bull. Hyman's got a full pit bull in him. A pit bull, a German Shepherd, a Great Dane, a bull, um, a bull Mastiff. Whatever the biggest dog in the world you can think of. A Kane Corso. Zach Hyman has that inside of his chest with the way he plays. And I love it. I love that. I really do. Speaking of Woody, uh, Yamo and Heim, uh, Yamo and Holloway got benched for that third. You know what? Uh, you know what? That is. I understand why Jay did that, and you know what? I I love yeah, I love Kyler, and I love Dylan Holloway. Those are two guys who are two of my favorites. But you know what? I understand why Jay did do that. Sometimes you need a shakeup. You need to you need to figure it out. And if Jay feel Jay felt that um, Yamo and Holloway were not doing enough. Unfortunately, that means you're going to be on the bench if you're not generating enough chances, you're not getting enough shots on net, you know. And that's, that's a bit of tough love for Yamo and Holloway, as Holloway is learning in his rookie season. And Yamo got moved down. Kyle Yamoto went down. He wasn't on the first line tonight. And, you know, 
Kyler is has not had the best start to the season. I've said it before on this show. I said it before on other shows. Yamamoto, he's got to shoot the puck a little bit more, and he's got to find a way to convert his chances. Because when you're you're starting the year on that top line with Connor McDavid, you will get your chances to score. And if you can't convert them, that leash is going to get shorter and shorter and shorter. And it's unfortunate because we saw him last year. He is someone who plays who when he can he can play a game like he's a guy who's six foot six and he's shown he can have soft hands. This start to the year has been a bit disappointing for Kyler. I, I don't like that. I really don't. You know, I agree. Being dropped down, I being you know, being dropped down should wake him up. It should tell him that, hey, I have to get my game going a little bit more if I do want to get back into the top six forward core. And I want I want to be a top nine forward or a top six forward. I don't want to see Kyler down on the fourth line or third line too much longer. He is someone who who I want to see up there again. I did like I did like seeing Yessi um get promoted to the top line, you know. Yessi Pugliarvi this year right now, you know, he does he is an interesting case this year. Like I'm I'm a huge Yessi guy. I think he does a lot of good things away from the puck. Historically He's a great guy in terms of generating high-danger chances. I know he's added some physicality to his game, but I don't need him to think... I don't need him being converted to being a guy who feels like he has to throw around his, his body every single game because that is not his game. I want him I want him going back to what he did best, getting to the front of the net and staying there and being great at puck retrievals and being that top defensive forward. So... Yessi's game, the start to his game, has been a little bit odd. I hope things calm down for him because I really want him to be a part of Empton's future for a long time to come. I've said it before. I've said it before. Like, Yessi is not the guy you deal. Yessi is not a guy right now you deal. If you if you want to trade him, and if you're not getting back assets that can replace him, you've lost the trade. You've lost the deal. He's the kind of guy, Ken Holland has to hang on to. You don't just trade him for spare parts or a draft pick in, say, 2024, 2025. You need to get somebody back who can help you out. If you can't, keep him. And we saw on Rollins tried, they didn't have any takers. So hopefully for a while, that means that the trade talks for Tupuliarvi do die down. And I want to see. I want to see him succeed on that, on that um, top six score. And defense, uh, defense, just the inconsistency on the blue line, it is. Some some games you see brilliant through on the blue line, and some games you're just wondering what's going on here. There's just confusion between, you'll see some, some games you'll see issues when it comes to guys like Ryan Murray, Brett Kulak. You'll see sometimes issues with, um, with, with um, Tyson Berry. Because I, like, as a, as a person, great guy, Tyson Berry. Love the guy. But too many times you see Tyson Berry get, getting caught flat-footed. And it happens way too much for Edmonton. So the question now we see, I was mentioned in the, ch- in the um, chat room earlier, who does Edmonton try to go out there? And who does Edmonton try to get to calm the back end? And I've been on the huge, uh, on the huge train of deciding, of getting in, Jacob Chikrin, but management isn't on board 
dealing for Jacob Chikrin. We know that the Coyotes won quite a bit back. But if it means you're dealing a Philip Roberg and a pick and something else for Chikrin, to me, that's a sacrifice you got to make if you want to win now. And Edmonton should be in win-now mode. So if you got to sacrifice a pick in Broberg to get back Chikrin and maybe one more asset, you got to do what you got to do. You have to do what you have to do. And some people have also suggested, could Edmonton be in on Eric Carlson? Now, that's a guy. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt the Oilers are in on Eric Carlson. I don't doubt that. You, We've seen a start to the season for Carlson. He's having a historically good year in San Jose. He's refining. He's refound his game in San Jose this year. We know he had his issues with injuries and just in general, his body having a hard time holding up. But I'm a I'm an Eric Carlson fan, but I'm not sure if he's the right guy. But offensively, he will get you points. He is one of the better offensive D men in this league. He is going to have a place in Toronto in the Hall of Fame, bar down. Bar none, hands down. I don't want any debate on if Eric Carlson is a Hall of Famer or not. He is. But the question I think now is, is he the D-man for Edmonton? And I bet you, I will guarantee you, there have been some discussions on should Edmonton get him. But again, the contract. The contract of Carlson is not, can you afford him then? That's the problem. Can you afford him? And right now, ugh, I don't know. I don't think so. No, no, that's a problem. Like, Eric Carlson does not come cheap. He does not come cheap no matter what team he is. Because there are contenders who are definitely going to be sniffing around Mike Greer and the San Jose Sharks and seeing how can we get him to um, San Jose and, like, see. I'm seeing what in the... Yo, we've been hit with a, an attack of spam bots in the chat. Oh, my goodness. That is... <laughs> That is something else. Oh, thank you, Robert. Yes, bot. Definitely. Yes, I don't know what they got in here. Yo, no bots are welcome on SDPN. No bots are welcome on Game Over Edmonton. If you're a bot right now and you're watching, from me to you, go home. Stay away. You're not welcome around these parts here. You hear me? All right. PSA to anyone trying to hack the program or the show or hack anybody else who hosts the show. So <laughs> that's my that's my little warning to those who are trying to use the SDPN YouTube channel for nefarious means. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, Dennis, you look away for one minute, and the bots come in. That's <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah Edmonton on this road trip they had again it is only just Edmonton unable to um, find a win in Washington they have to pick up points now they have to start getting some points in Tampa in Florida in Carolina and we know like team like Carolina it's going to be a tough game we know how stingy Carolina can be we know how stingy the Hurricanes have been as them wearing a dang near entire Carolina Hurricanes outfit with the 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 checkered hat and the red Michael Jackson jacket or the Eddie Murphy Delirious jacket, whatever you want to call it. I'm looking like I'm a I'm a backer of the Hurricanes right now in this fit tonight. But you know what they say. Fashion takes no days off. <laughs> but no, it'll be interesting to see what how everything responds 
as they try to get their first win on this road trip and clean up the penalty kill. And speaking of special teams, Edmonton didn't get a power play goal. Edmonton did it. Now, here's the thing. Edmonton scoring when they're not on a power play is a good sign. Edmonton scoring in other situations is needed. Edmonton scoring 5-on-5 five five or what is it, 4 on 4 or whatever is a good thing. The offense waking up when they're not up a man is a must. You, Edmonton can't always depend on needing a power play to score. You can't thrive on a power play alone. Man cannot... Humans cannot live on bread alone, and the Oilers cannot live on the power play alone. That's my last talking point for the night. So, there you go. Anyways, that is it. That is all. Thank you for tuning in to Game Over Edmonton. We are back at it again tomorrow as the Oilers continue their road trip. Dennis and Zach will help you guys out with their hosting. And I'm sure Dennis will find another fedora to put on for Game Over Edmonton as the Oilers road trip continues. As the Oilers head to Florida and they're out and also be playing the Carolina Hurricanes. Anyways, my name is Avery Lewis McDougall and I'll talk to you guys next time. Peace out. Have a good night.